This video was created during the 2023 WGA and SAG strikes. Without the labor of the writers and actors currently on strike, Ahsoka wouldn't exist. Learn more about the strike at the link in the description. Hey everyone! Welcome back to the show between shows. We are even slightly later than usual because things are very <laughs> hectic here. Uh, we are getting ready to go to Dragon Con. Uh, technically it starts tomorrow, but we've been doing a lot of prep to get ready for that i haven't packed <laughs> molly hasn't even packed anything you're I'm finishing still a cosplay stuff together <laughs> you're still gluing it's a lot i i was Struggle. up until three last night getting videos done so that they would i we would still have ahsoka content coming out while we were gone uh so we're gonna dive into our show here uh and you're welcome to all of our friends over in Europe, I'm seeing a lot of celebration for the earlier overall time start. Uh, so you're welcome for that. I, I'm sorry to say it probably won't happen <laughs> yeah. uh, for future episodes. But <laughs> but for now, we're here for you. This happens whenever we are really crunched for time or out of town and have like an event to be at. Like, we're going to do a live stream. We're going to make time for it. But who knows when it'll be? Yeah, we had some friends had the audacity to come into town and, and they just want to hang out with us. And so we're, we're going to make sure to see them tonight. Uh, so we're starting the stream early and we're, let's just dive Speaking into of, real quick. I got to bring up reef tons super chat. I would like to see the Sullivan's. Well, <laughs> they are in the reaction that I just posted on our Patreon. That's so. true. They, they did come over and watch the episode with us. Uh, but let's let's get into the episode just real quick before we dive into questions. Molly, uh, what did you think of episode three? What was your overall impression? I liked it a lot. I was kind of caught off guard when it ended because I was like so like in the mood for Ahsoka and Maroc Maroc Maroc's fight. Maroc. I was like, oh, they they definitely fight in that forest. And then it, the mm -hmm. episode ended, and I was like, no. I had the same <laughs> thought. Like, uh, <laughs> we had the audio recording, and it was sitting right next to me, the, the counter. And you were like, ooh, we might get to that lightsaber fight. And I looked down, I was like, mm, probably not <laughs> in my head, because I just saw how, how long we'd been going in the episode. But yeah. overall, I, I just, I really want to say that I liked the episode a lot. I loved seeing Hu Yang and Ahsoka and Sabine all kind of like training together. Um, I loved seeing Ahsoka and Sabine start to be a little bit more playful with each other. Like they're, you can tell that they're easily falling back into just being good friends, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I liked seeing ah Ahsoka smile. Yeah. Seeing them work together, smile together. Like that's what I think the episode was about is getting their relationship to continue to evolve. I, I thought there was a great moment where uh, Ahsoka asks Sabine what do you need from me when they're they're flying around and she she's a little more receptive to listening to her padawan instead of just telling her what to do mm -hmm. and it immediately made me think of the clone wars and Yoda telling Anakin or Obi-Wan that like that's why we do padawans is because you've learned enough you're a knight but the best way to learn more about yourself is to teach someone else so that's what I got out of out of that episode. I thought the action was really great as well, but it, it did just end very abruptly. And it, it gives me that kind of vibe where 
this is a big long movie kind of like the obi-wan show it's like a movie that has been cut a little more arbitrarily into Mm. episodes and i'm like i i again like obi-wan i think i will enjoy binging this when it's over yeah but sometimes the week to week i'm like oh i wish there were a little more yeah that's why sometimes i feel like they show us a little little too much in all the trailers and tv spots and especially with ahsoka they put out a lot of last minute uh tv spots and stuff but if i hadn't hadn't have seen ahsoka and marok fighting in that specific location Mm. like i wouldn't have been so abruptly like oh man at the end of that because i know that's coming yeah and i should point out to be fair samuel rogers is exactly right i had the same uh, criticism of Andor, especially in the Aldani arc, because I, you know, we got to see the first three episodes, and then I was like, maybe they'll get to the heist a little bit faster in in the second set of three, and no, it's it, they just kind of end with the crew being like, okay, Cassian, finish your meal and do your homework. Uh, so <laughs> it, it's it's something that in the week to week, I'm I'm a little bit like, oh, I just want a little more, but when it's all over, I think. It, it probably won't bug it's me. It's almost it's almost like cuz we've heard rumors about how uh some Marvel stuff is filmed and like they'll film all the action sequences and they'll film all the other stuff and like they won't edit it all that stuff together till towards the end of the of production and it makes me wonder if they're not really even sure where these episodes are going to start and end until right. later on. And that that Daryl Cooper kind of brings up is is this written as a show or is it written kind of as just a large movie style story and when i look at the mandalorian i think that is a show that is written like a classic television show where it's like oh this is the one where they go to tatooine and they fight the crate dragon and this is the one on the ice planet with the the big old space spiders Mm -hmm. like each episode feels very distinct to me and Ahsoka and Obi-Wan. I like Obi-Wan is distinct in it what planets he visits, I think. But it, it just it, it all seems to kind of jumble together where I'm like, wait, where did episode one end? And when did episode two end? I have to think about it a little extra, but mm-hmm. kind of a nitpick. Um but let's get into our drawings real quick so we can get into uh some some chat questions. Uh do you want to go first or should I go first? Uh, you go ahead. Okay. Uh, this this wasn't my favorite moment of the episode, but it was a moment that I was not expecting. I really loved, and it's related to my favorite scene was uh, them talking, uh, Ahsoka and Sabine talking about the Force. I loved that discussion, and then I really liked Sabine trying to move the cup, and I think it was an excellent directorial choice. Well done, Dave Filoni. To, to have her say, you win this round cup, and then to cut to the cup itself as <laughs> if it were a character. So I, I drew a, an angry little cup. Like, he's stubborn. He's not going to move for anyone. He's like, try me. He kind of looks like a toasted marshmallow the way I drew him, but <laughs> <laughs> that cup made me very happy. I thought I thought that was a, a great just decision and comedic beat. It was very like yeah, animated rebels type type of humor. Uh, you pointed out that it's it's kind of like if she 
were acting with a droid. It, it would yeah. cut back to the droid and it would blow a raspberry or something. But <laughs> instead, it's just a cup. That feels very like Dave Filoni type humor where the cup's like, mm. <laughs> I like <it>. Mick Hoffmeyer. <laughs> that cup is Marak. <laughs> yep. Confirmed. Um, my drawing. Oh, I already. You're, oh, I should. I'm so sorry. CEO Bibble, what? you are absolutely correct. Well done, Steph Green. That was yeah. Steph Green that directed that episode. Uh, credit where it is due. So great job, Steph Green. That was a very funny moment. Thank you, CEO <laughs> Bibble, for correcting me on that. Um, I already kind of mentioned it, but I loved the training sequence at the beginning with Hu Yang and Sabine. Uh, and so I feel like Hu Yang probably knows who Grievous is. And he says, eat your heart out, Grievous. <laughs> Look at my training sabers. Yeah. I mean, Hu Yang did it first, like 25,000 years before yeah. Grievous ever did. <laughs> I thought those training sabers were so cool. I was I was really excited for that whole uh, that whole scene, but yeah. That was a really interesting <laughs> new functionality for Hu Yang. Like I I just assumed he was just the lightsaber builder, but he may have been one of the first droids the Jedi ever built. So he could have been this very all purpose. Uh, not only will I help you build a lightsaber, but I'll help teach you how to use it. <laughs> I, I'm really excited to continue to learn more about Hu Yang. I saw something in the chat. Where did it go? Oh, Maddie Gunner said they look like donuts on a skewer. <laughs> <laughs> and that immediately made me hungry, but I agree. <laughs> um, so I, I scrolled up to see if we could grab some of the super chats that are just people saying hi. Uh, let's see. I'm skipping over the questions for now just because we're going to start from the top on those. <laughs> Diego Eminol, thank you so much for the super chat. I feel robbed. Jason is not a Lego figure. <laughs> we were all lied to. <laughs> I was like surprised because I was I was expecting Jason would just have brown hair like the Lego figure. So when he walked out, I was like, it's green. <laughs> they did it. Oh, yeah. We, we got pretty excited for <laughs> the appearance hair. of Jason and the green hair. Um. It was funny that they kind of teased us with it when Mon Mothma was like, how's Jason doing? And we were like, oh, my God, they said his name. And then Hera's like, he's somewhere on board. And we were like, of course, we won't see him. Uh, so to finally get to see him in this episode, it did surprise me. And then Lord Hosk coming in with, with the usual trivia prep. Are we keeping you from something? <laughs> um Yes, actually. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're keeping us from trivia prep, which is one of the big things I do at DragonCon every year. One of the big things we do at DragonCon every year. So I, we're, I'm doing we're putting okay a pause. For, I, I'm not that worried about trivia this year. I don't think I'm going to do very well, but I do have things to glue, which I, I could have brought it up here and been gluing during the live stream, but it, I have to wear like a gas mask when I use this industrial strength glue. But that's a very Star Wars thing. You'd be talking through some apparatus. That is true. Could have done it. Could have done it. <laughs> Speaking right. of Dragon Con, Dragon Con Squad, mount up. Looking yes. forward to seeing you. <laughs> Speaking of Maddie Gunner, Senator Ziono is totally friends <laughs> with Perrin. <laughs> I agree. He, they 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 definitely have like stupid boys nights. I remember we were we were talking dead. about we didn't know how. Mon Mothma was going to be in this show. So it was great to see her. I feel like she fit her characterization from Andor very well. 
but I would have loved to see her just full on party girl mode. Like mm -hmm. she's got a margarita in one hand and like sunglasses in another one. She's like, Hera, what is it? Like parents gone, we're divorced or he's dead or something. And the, the <laughs> war is over. I'm just trying to relax. Let me relax. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you're probably like Ziono and Perrin. They're probably besties. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, I'll jump up to the top with Queersland Australia. Thank you so much for our first question. Uh, what were those fighters? Have we seen them before in canon or Legends? If not, are they 100% original or based on Legends material? They seemed different. I did not recognize them at all. I did not either, but I got excited when I saw Shin wearing that headset that looked just like the one that Anakin wears in Revenge of the Sith. Her, hers and Marok's, their fighters reminded me of the fireball a little bit, Kaz's fighter uh, in Star Wars Resistance. The other starfighters, the, the red shirt starfighters, they, they looked like World War II planes to me, which I, I really dug that Sean design. Said. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, but as far as I know, they are original designs. They looked cool and they sounded like really good. I loved the sound design of the, the dog fight, especially just the sounds of their laser cannons. I don't know what it was, but it just sounded great. Yeah, uh, I saw this comment also from Ice about the dog fighting. This episode had my heart pounding. The dog fighting was awesome, but I was so anxious. I could still feel my heart racing hours after I watched it. Yeah. The dog fighting looked so good. And maybe uh, the sound design, Kelly, hi Kelly, points hi out Kelly. that they also sounded like World War II planes. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, just all around, love the sound design. Kelly, I was also going to say, we we just filmed our Q&A for the weekend, and we've been closing out every Q&A we do for the past few weeks since we got them with a conversation <laughs> card. <laughs> yeah, it's so been really nice. This time we we talked about our favorite late night snack, based off of <laughs> what Minox like to snack on. Sorry, I'm, I'm going through the, the chats to see if anyone else brought up the ships. So you can keep going from the top. Uh, George Ramirez has uh, three super chats in a row here. Thank you, George. I'll, I'll read them all. Hey, guys, I was content slash lukewarm on the first two episodes, but this one got me. I deeply love Rebels and Ahsoka, so the character moments between Sabine and Ahsoka meant a lot. This show had my interest, but now it has my trust. Oh, that's really nice. Oh. Uh, okay, before I move on, because they, they, the next question seems unrelated, but yeah, the, the Sabine Ahsoka stuff was my favorite part mm -hmm. of this episode. The, the training, but especially that talk about the Force and encouraging Sabine that she can find a connection with it. Yes. Uh, George, thank you for the next one as well. What did you think about the live-action whales? It blew my mind, but I might be biased since I took a gummy literally minutes before. Oh, like a gummy <laughs> vitamin? Oh, Are you sure. just feeling really health healthy? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I loved the whales. I thought they looked great. I did too. I got so excited because like, there was just a, a moment of pause, and I was like, are we getting the pergill? And then immediately they showed up. I was like, yes. The sound design was great. I loved seeing the ships kind of like weave in and out of their, like, what are they called? Space tails. <laughs> I, space tendrils? Sure. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, tentacles, space. I don't know what they are exactly. I don't want to say whale tails because that's a different <laughs> thing. <laughs> but accurate. <laughs> uh, it was just really cool to see the the ships and everything weaving in and out of them, and the the look on Ahsoka and Sabine's faces when they saw the the Pergil show up. They had such uh, like hope and giddiness in their eyes. Like they almost looked like they turned into kids for a second because they first they're just exciting to see in real life. I'm sure these huge space whales. Uh, and then second, you know, it's giving them hope because the last time they saw them was when Ezra and Thrawn were around. So like that moment was really sweet where they both kind of like perked up and they're like, okay, yeah, it's happening. It, it was like a mixture of awe and yeah, hope. I really like the way you put it, but I, I pulled up one of the the pictures because you pointed out like in our reaction, you were like, oh, it's so nice to see Ahsoka smiling. Like she has smiled in the series already, but uh, it just seemed like it ignited a little bit of her Clone Wars past in her again. And yeah, the closer they get to Ezra, that, and the closer the two of them become, the, the happier she seems to be returning. Mm -hmm. uh, and George has another one here. Thank you. Dope samurai vibes, dogfights, powerful badass female protagonists. What more can you ask for? This is my Star Wars. It's so Excellent. good. Yeah, the, the samurai-inspired training and then the samurai standing out on a spaceship. Classic samurai. <laughs> but... I, I loved that moment of her getting out onto the wing. That felt like something you'd see in the Clone Wars easily. Oh, yeah. I like this. from uh, Super chat from Red's Workshop. Thank you. New name for the stream, Gummies and Whale Tales. <laughs> <laughs> well, Campy has our next question here. Thank you, Campy. So, like, Ziono acting the way he is in the show, plus being conveniently off-world during the Hosnian Prime incident, is really setting off some First Order colored red flags for me. Totally agree. Ooh. I was suspicious of that dude back in Star Wars Resistance. I think we would have learned more about him. Obviously, I think that would have been a big challenge for Kaz to deal with and overcome. Plus, Hamato Ziona was just kind of mean to Kaz, especially in that first episode. Mm -hmm. I think that was a relationship we were supposed to learn more about. But I agree with you. I don't trust that dude. <laughs> Yeah, what a jerk. <laughs> He's very, uh, he, he is filling kind of a character role from the original Thrawn trilogy, which I, I just like can't help but look back at what may have inspired some of this stuff. But he reminds me a lot of uh, Borsk Falia, who's like a Bothan New Republic leader. And he he's antagonistic for sure. Mm -hmm. But he ultimately is, a good guy he has good intentions and he does something pretty heroic eventually in legends i don't see that happening for ziono <laughs> i love when Hera called him out specifically but all of them she was like oh so you just sat back and mm -hmm. waited to see who came out on top huh yeah i was like get him <laughs> i like that the other two senators were just kind of like oh damn that one uh oh shoot what's the species Oh, we, right. The, the grand. The grand was just like. <laughs> <laughs> there have been, been some really solid alien faces in 
this series. Uh, there's the Gotal in episode one as well, <laughs> where like when Sabine doesn't show up, and Ryder's like Sabine Rin, and it cuts to the Gotal, and he's just like, <laughs> uh, Lo- yeah. lots of lots of good funny alien puppeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alec Figuera, thank you for the next one. You can read it, Molly. Uh, no canon name drop, but I'll settle it with the overt Zat- Z- Zatoichi, I think Zatoichi is how you say it. reference. Huyang mentions the archive's knowledge of Pergil leading outside the galaxy. Do you think future High Republic stories will play off that? Uh, so first I'll say that I love it when Star Wars teaches me about the real world because I just Googled Zatochi. That's the, the art, the technique of fighting blind. Uh, hmm. it's that word is based off Satoichi, which is a Japanese character who is like a blind samurai who also, cool. uh, served as inspiration for Chirrut. So I learned all of that today. Oh, I didn't know any of that. <laughs> uh, will, will future High Republic stories play off of other galaxies? Maybe. I mean, we know that Vernestra Rowe has a path in her head given to her by Mari Santeca. We don't know where that heads to yet, where that leads. I'm thinking it is probably going to Planet X, which is within the galaxy, but you never know. That would be cool. I I feel like the Pergil are something that Dave was like, don't talk about these, save it for what I'm going to do with them in Ahsoka. But yeah, after Ahsoka's over, I hope that other people have a little more freedom to write them into stories because i just think they're really cool yeah they've been mentioned a couple times before but we i i think this is the first time we've super seen them since rebels they had that slight appearance in the mandalorian yeah also i i don't know if this happened earlier or not but um thanks neil for becoming a bigs mega fan (laughs) Uh, Cassia Pidgeup has the next question. Thank you. Love that as they started working more as a team, Ahsoka and Sabine start acting more like their old selves. Also, Mon asking about Jason was all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Where hey, is Jason? That- and, sh- and she just goes, somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we like, all laughed at that because we got really excited about the name drop. And then she was like, somewhere around here. And we were like, of course. <laughs> it was such a roller coaster of being like that. Oh, we're still not going to see him yet. Uh, but then to, to step outside the room and there he is. And he has the green hair and everything. Uh, that was very funny. Also, but, I yeah. feel like the last time we were doing these live streams, we learned how to say uh, Cassia's last name. And it, I can't remember how to say it now. <laughs> but you're just... <laughs> stopping to tell me that I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> in case they're still in That's chat. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> you could spell it out phonetically. Sorry, Cassia. <clears throat> uh, George Ramirez has another question. Thank you. I thought tech was sassy. Hu Yang has no chill. <laughs> well, you do come from a long lineage of non-traditional Jedi. Uh, <laughs> also, th- this was like, taking his brutal honesty. I, I felt like episode two, Hu Yang, he was being brutally honest, but in an encouraging way. Mm-hmm. And this time it was a little too much. I was like, okay, dial it back, Hu Yang. She, she, Sabine understands. 
that she is the worst <laughs> Jedi applicant ever. I still think he believes in her, but uh, I, I think he could bump up the encouragement a little bit. Uh, the real Doomslayer in chat said, I believe it's like pipe. Okay. I That sounds familiar. So I think that's how you say it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I love... Uh, Hu Yang's sassiness and we I talked about it a little bit in a reaction that I just posted on Patreon but he has been around for so long and he's seen everything and I just love that he is like not really phased by anything like when he wakes back up and she's like we almost died multiple times and he's like ah yes standard, standard procedure. procedure it's such a funny joke and it's it just makes sense because he's literally been around for so long and seen, seen everything there is to see with Jedi, so he's like, ugh, whatever. <laughs> Got and it. And that's like, I, I think he is being blunt with Sabine, but I also think that he, he's, again, seen it all. He He's seen some Jedi that aren't necessarily strong in the Force, like Lear Farseeker that we've been talking about recently, thanks to Eleanor Mueller bringing uh, them up in the stories of Jedi and Sith. But that was a Jedi Master who was not very strong in the force we still don't know exactly how strong or how not but it was a jedi master that wrote several of the sacred texts so strength in the force isn't everything mm -hmm. uh, power rangers explained thanks so much for the next one hey everyone that's in the path of the hurricane i hope you and your families are safe and stay safe also r.i.p terry funk bray watt and bob barker hmm. bob barker man Lost a good one. <laughs> um, we, as far as the hurricane goes, we've just been getting rain and it hasn't been too bad for us. But I know there's a lot of people flying into Atlanta for Dragon Con and having to like change flights and kind of get around some of those storms. So yeah, hopefully everybody stays safe. Uh, Ice sent in a message that just says, hi all, sending in chats early as I'll be joining late and sent in their first oh you brought this one up the alex we skipped a couple from earlier uh okay this one this one came up oh i haven't seen that one okay if you look at the the spreadsheet it'll tell you the times that's what i was talking about last time when yeah. i was like these are all out of order okay <laughs> but anyways uh Ulrika schulman thank you for the next one do you think that either Sabina or Ahsoka will train Jason, or maybe even Luke? Will Jason be a Jedi? He did say he wanted to be one, and and Hera gave him the the like, oh, I know, buddy, I know. <laughs> it's one of those that I'm like, I don't want him to train with Luke. That's that's well, yeah, because we know what out. happens to Luke's academy. Yeah, so I'm gonna go with he probably doesn't train with Luke. Will he be a Jedi? Maybe. I mean if we're going to keep following the non-traditional Jedi training tree, which Luke is part of, because if we go, what, Dooku, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan's a traditional Jedi, but he gets a pass, and then Anakin, then we get to Ahsoka, Sabine, maybe Sabine trains Jason. I could see that being a possibility. Yeah. Um... There was another one that we skipped from this person. Uh, yeah, I don't see it in the list, but uh, 
earlier I see it says still not completely convinced that Sabine is force sensitive. I don't know if I really like her being force sensitive or trained as a Jedi. I, I'm very into the way that they are handling this, that it's not about, uh, I, I was, I've said this before, but I was worried that that would all happen off screen that Sabine would just be like, yep, I'm force sensitive and I'm a Padawan now. So I like that part of the story is that she cannot feel or control the force, but Ahsoka is able to lay it all out there. Like the philosophy of the force is that it resides within all of us. And mm -hmm. yeah, some, some people like Anakin get a huge leg up and they're just born by the will of the force. <laughs> yeah. uh, some people have extra talent, but anyone can learn to connect with and wield the force to varying degrees. Mm -hmm. It just takes time and focus. And also another one here, uh, maybe Hu Yang will help Jason with his lightsaber. I'm, I'm sure Hu Yang would love to do that. He gets very excited when it comes to lightsabers and I think it's adorable. I, I wonder if he makes his way over to Luke's Academy at some point. Hu Yang has survived a lot of... Uh, uh, there, there have been multiple Jedi purges over the millennia. So if he was created 25,000 years ago, uh, he, he has seen the rise and fall of the Jedi multiple times. He can, he can survive another one. Yeah. Uh, Neil R. Adamson. Thank you for the next two super chats here. Oops. Uh, the Jedi way is about developing a relationship between the individual and the force metachlorians facilitate this this with more those with more can bond faster or easier the order would never be interested in investing the time needed to teach someone with a low metachlorian count ahsoka is highlighting that force sensitivity is a spectrum and that the notion of metachlorians is consistent with the ot idea that the force is accessible to anyone yeah fully agree i don't even really think George Lucas meant for midichlorians to turn into what they did within the fandom and discussion where like, I think it was supposed to be a way to show that Anakin had a lot of inherent talent in the force right mm -hmm. off the bat, but it wasn't meant to all of a sudden be this end all be all to the force. Yeah. It became something that people started using to gamify it and to say, well, I mean, it all comes down to numbers, really. If you have more more midichlorians, then you're just more powerful, period. And, and I think part of that is it was showcasing a problem within the, within the Jedi Order because mm -hmm. they were doing that, too. Yeah. They were like, well, let's do a blood test and check your midichlorian count. And let's see how much talent you have. And as Hu Yang said, like, Sabine would not have been accepted into the Order. But right. maybe she should have been. And maybe the Jedi were not allowing some people into their ranks who had like great desire mm -hmm. and they could have been great Jedi if they were just given the chance. But it's and also I one of those things that the, the larger the Jedi Order becomes, the more members they have, they only have so many resources. So like right. I understand why they would go that direction. Yeah, that that feels like part of it too, that, they got too big for their britches. They got like the the Jedi. There were more and more and more of them coming along, and more of them training. 
And we saw some of that in Rise of the Red Blade, where when all those Jedi died in the Battle of Geonosis, they were just like pushing the Padawans to Jedi Knight status because they needed them to train the younger ones. And, you know, that just kind of kept happening and it got away from them. And it sucks, but if they had, I guess, open it up a little bit more and had like, instead of just having the council be the ones in charge of everything, maybe expanded that a little bit. Uh, I don't know. Like they could have kept it growing at a, at a better pace and had more people there to keep an eye on everything. I, I think it shows just how institutions can mess with a good thing where let yeah. when we jump back to the dawn of the Jedi era, they're not going to know what midichlorians are. Probably they're barely going to know what the force is. So they're not going to be as picky and choosy about who gets in and who doesn't. I think they're just going to be like, uh, are you interested in being a Jedi, which is a thing we just came up with? Come on over. And they're not going to be kicking people out uh, or not, not kicking them out, but they're they're not going to be like, uh, no, you can't. But as they grow larger and larger, then yeah, there, there probably needs to be some structure and some idea of what we should be doing. But then that there's always a danger that when an institution is involved and they're setting the rules for how everyone should behave, that it, it can get messy. Mm-hmm. Um, Myriad Media Musings, thanks for the next one. Not entirely convinced by Ahsoka's answer to Sabine's question. Great disciplines needed to open oneself to the Force, yet we haven't seen anything specific on what exactly the discipline is. Uh not sorry, I gotta read it for my not entirely convinced by Ahsoka's answer to Sabine's question. Great disciplines needed to open oneself to the force. Oh, great discipline is needed to open oneself to the force. Yet we haven't seen anything specific on what exactly this discipline is. I mean, I just <laughs> I don't know what the specific discipline is for, excuse me, for the force, but I, I think it would ultimately come down to time and effort and where you spend your energy and what you prioritize. I mean, discipline is just kind of a vague thing anyway, where if you want to eat healthier, it takes discipline. If you want to work out more, it takes discipline. It's just a commitment to yourself Mm -hmm. to say, I'm going to do this thing. So when I I hear discipline, I think of commitment. I feel, feel like for the Jedi, the discipline is just balance. Can you keep a balanced life? Can you keep your emotions balanced and in check? And if you can do that, you can tune yourself in to the force and be able to use and wield it. But so many people are just so like unbalanced mentally that it's hard. Yep. Uh, Natalie Franchini has the next one. Thank you. Are you certain we will see the other galaxy Thrawn is in, or will Morgan's portal just open a gateway for him to come back through? Well, they they really talked about how it was a hyperspace ring that could make huge, long jumps. So I think that they are actually going to travel to this other galaxy. That's That's the impression I'm getting. 
sorry, <laughs> I was looking at the, the spreadsheet. So we'll see another galaxy. Oh, okay, so is it a space ring or is it a portal that's gonna open up? <clears throat> I think it's gonna shoot them into another galaxy. <laughs> that's what it's, they explained that it's, it's supposedly can do. Um, yeah, I, I don't think they want to see that. Detail. I want to see that happen. I don't yeah. want it to just open up the portal. And I mean, well, this I just happened to see this, but Ulrika Shulman, thank you for another super chat. Do you think the hyperspace ring is for the Chimera? Kinda, yeah. I, it looks like a Star Destroyer sized hyper ring. So I want to see it go out, pick up a Star Destroyer that I would assume is like. Our hyperdrive is broken and we're stuck in another galaxy that has different technology and we can't figure it out. So we're here to just like pick you up and zip you back. So the ring itself can just go there. I don't see why not. It's got a little cockpit and everything. I just figured something had to go through the hyperspace ring, but I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that, that's like how the, the starfighter sized ones worked. They didn't have their own cockpit. So like a starfighter would fly into it and then control the, the ring. I think in this case, the ring can probably fly itself. Okay. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. <clears throat> um, Ice. Sadly, not, not surprised Mothma and the New Republic were no help at all. Fits her track record of being passive and doing nothing. I get Mon doesn't want to look like Palpatine 2.0, but she's really frustrating in my opinion. I think part of the frustration for us and, and like, I feel it too, just for the whole new Republic is that I know where it's all heading and they're, they don't, they don't have their Wikipedia articles to be like, wait, Hosni and prime blows up. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're just characters that are doing their best. I, I don't like seeing all of them just stick their heads in the sand about the Imperial remnant especially when a lot of the new Republic is going to just stick their heads in the sand about the first order. Mm -hmm. And I, it, it's true to real life. I understand it, but from a storytelling perspective, I'm like, would these people stop making the same mistakes? Also, I don't feel like Mon has a track record of being passive and doing nothing. She, she talks about that in Andor, like that is her political persona where she's like just this nice senator who tries to do charitable things and gets walked all over. But like behind the scenes, she's doing a lot of work. Otherwise, it's just like she wants to project that image out there that she will just accept being walked all over in the Senate. Yeah, that that's definitely true. And I, I don't think you can call Mon Mothma the leader of the rebellion passive, but it is just... It's frustrating in the New Republic when when the war is done and then the rest of the New Republic just doesn't want to look at it. And and Mothma is kind of, now she's the head of the Senate, so she doesn't have to have that persona, I don't think. I, I think she could just be like, no, this is a problem. But I guess what happened in this scene, if I'm reading it right, is that Hera does snap at Ziono. And it does seem like uh, she is more emotionally invested in this than maybe she should be. So I think that probably gave all the other senators an in 
but I, I, I do wish Mothma would just be like executive order. We're going to look for Thrawn, but then that, that starts to get into autocracy. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. And unfortunately it seems like the new Republic is stuck in this, like we know where it's all headed. So they have to be kind of incompetent now. That's all. Okay. <laughs> I was waiting for you to read the next one. Oh, okay. Eric Bruno, thank you for the next one. I see what they're doing. They're setting up the sequels so Rey can train new Jedi without inherently strong connections to the Force. I mean, I don't necessarily think that's what they're doing. I... I don't, who knows what Ray's Jedi Order is going to look like, but I think mm -hmm. in this moment, they are just trying to clearly state the philosophy of the Force, which comes from George Lucas to Dave Filoni and to us. And I feel is very consistent with what George has always said as far back as like his notes when he thought the movie was going to be the, the wills or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it. it's more about the Jedi from the prequel trilogy were getting to the point where they were too strict, too close-minded. So we're moving away from that. And like uh, Kelly said in the chat, continuing what Kanan started with Sabine. Mm -hmm. Just like you said, training, training someone to become a Jedi doesn't have to directly connect to how strong in the force they are they can they can strengthen that connection through and the training I, I already brought it up once but the story from stories of jedi and sith the first one is called what makes a jedi and yoda straight up says it's not the force that makes a jedi who they are there's so much more to it than that uh a, a lot of the rules and processes that they were following. I think it probably came after uh, whatever is going to happen at the end of the High Republic and the Jedi kind of shifted some of their thinking. But Ahsoka points out that like, you know, that that was their rules. That was the old order's rules. And those rules failed them. And she really reinforces exactly what Kanan says about Sabine in Star Wars Rebels season three that the force is in all of us and she can do it. He wasn't necessarily trying to get her to use the force. Then he was just trying to teach her to wield the dark saber, but I think it's all consistent. Mm -hmm. I saw a tweet earlier from our friend Ben, and it just said the living force is not bound within the confines of any ideology or religion. And I liked that. Yeah. It, but this very well might happen in the next movie in, in the the new jedi order movie as well mm -hmm. that, that ray could just be like who wants to learn <laughs> <laughs> who's ready yeah um 21st century dead do you think sabine will find a stronger connection to the force through her art since she doesn't seem like the meditative type i like that i love that and that connects to uh what's it called oh my gosh <laughs> the Japanese style art of anime? No, like writing. Calligraphy? C 
calligraphy? Is that what it's called? I don't know what you're getting at. It's like a form <laughs> of meditation. Oh, oh, okay. I Painting. think I know what you're talking about, but I don't know what it's called. Painting calligraphy type stuff like mm. that. That would fit for that. I like that. It, and to me, it just is, again, in line with stuff like the High Republic is saying. There are lots of different ways to connect to the Force. Ram Jomaran, he feels the most connected when he's tinkering with machines. And the way he uses the Force in his books, I think, is so creative. He is able to, like, just visualize an enemy's speeder. And he knows how it's put together so he can visualize, like, which screw he needs to loosen so the speeder falls apart <laughs> and he can do that with the force and i'm like that's so cool mm -hmm. so seeing a, a jedi artist would be really neat yeah and then gordon in the chat said wasn't that the focus of one of the episodes in visions kind of yeah so i, I think that tracks yeah uh, gamer tomo thank you for the next one uh just fighting over the. <laughs> uh, do you think the Chimera is going to use the eye? We talked about this earlier, but yes, I do. That's my current theory. Is that the eye of Scion will go pick up the Chimera and bring it home. Mm -hmm. uh, what's next? Rebecca olive green so does merrick sound like sam witwer at all okay everybody's freaking out about sam witwer being credited in the credits for additional voices do we think he is doing the voice of merrick does that mean anything if he is <laughs> he actually I'll, I'll look it up real quick because i was looking at the credits uh for this episode and marok is credited with a voice it is not Sam Witwer. Boom. So I don't think that's going to put the rumors to rest at all, but I'll see if I can find the name. Um, there we go. Yeah, I think he's doing exactly what he's credited to do, additional voices that aren't named. It is Paul Darnell is listed in the credits as voicing Marok. But yeah, Sam Witwer provides additional voices for just about every Star Wars thing. <laughs> yeah. Paul Darnell, apparently he's a stunt double. So yeah, that fits perfectly. Oh. Okay, well, then maybe Paul Darnell was just the actor and not the voice. So I might be way off there. But I assumed that was or for the they're voice. letting him do both and we'll never see his face under Maybe. the helmet. It's I assumed because he spoke in this episode and this is the first time I saw him listed in the credits. So I assumed that was the voice that being credited, but it, it might be both or it might mm -hmm. just be the the body acting. But I, I'm still I'm like I think Marok is just Marok until proven otherwise. I will I will get excited if it's someone that we already know, but I'm not gonna I'm tempering expectations. <laughs> uh, Tully Quinn asks, why does it feel like they're ignoring Kanan? A blind guy taught you how to fight with a lightsaber, Sabine. Yep. I I am the same way. I'm sure they just don't want to throw too much at the people who haven't seen Star Wars Rebels. 
I hope that Kanan gets a mention, but I was like, now seems like the time. Mm. <laughs> you're using a wooden stick and you're you're putting a mask over your face. I wonder if that would uh, undermine Ahsoka's teachings at all. I like the the way I can imagine it is just Sabine would have a line like, "Oh, Kanan would be loving this," uh, but she didn't know him that that well. She barely knew us. She never talked to Sabine in Star Wars Rebels. So, I but I know, but they got to know each other over yeah. time, obviously. I mean, like, I'm saying that the way I think it would have worked wouldn't have made sense for people who hadn't seen Rebels. Sabine yeah. would say something like, Kanan would have loved to see me like this. And then people would have been like, who's Kanan? <laughs> and then I, you'd be like, yeah. it's that green-haired kid's father. And they'd yeah, be like, yeah. what? And then, and also, if, he was a Jedi. <laughs> if anyone's going to bring up Kanan, I want it, I'd want it to be Hera. Yeah. So, I, I think if, that if they they're going to bring it up, Maybe they were saving it for Hera to do it at some point. I think they might do it, but it has to be done in a way that won't confuse people who don't know who Kanan is. Yeah. But, oh, Eleanor Mueller has the next super chat. Thanks. Hey, guys, super surprised you didn't love this one, Alex. I thought for sure you would after the Sabine stuff. I did love the Sabine stuff. Uh, how do you think the Pergil will be used in the plot now that they've been introduced? I wonder if they will somehow, Ahsoka, Sabine, and Hera, they might use the Pergil to travel to the other galaxy. I like the idea that the, the baddies use this big technological terror to get over there, and the rest of our heroes are going to be like, well, what are we going to do? How do we reach it? And they'll use something more mystical and more connected with nature. Yeah, it's it's a pattern we see happen a lot in Rebels where mm -hmm. they have to be the scrappy gang and, and use what they can <laughs> find, you know, to, to get what they need to get done. Um, and it also makes sense that the bad guys would have to work 10 times harder to build this massive ring and use these resources that could get them in a lot of trouble to get these hyperdrives when the more balanced Jedi uh, or Jedi in training of the world will find uh, an easier, yeah. less cost, uh, more cost-effective <laughs> way to, to travel. <laughs> um, I like the a more balanced way, yeah. Yeah. There are other ways to to get around stuff like that <laughs> eric bruno thanks for the next one hu yang is a jerk i'll say i love it also those training swords showing where he's where the slashes land can be built in the real world or maybe even vr that's i don't know how one would build that but that's cool or they look like donuts on a stick yeah vr or ar i get <laughs> I'd be interested to see someone build that in the real world. It's kind of like Beat Saber. Yeah. <laughs> if Beat Saber became, yeah, I guess AR. <clears throat> uh, Batjax has the next one. Balin in that last scene seemed to be truly heartbroken. He has to kill Ahsoka. 
Do you think it's because Plo Koon was his master in Clone Wars? <laughs> that would be a fun connection. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> because especially because Filoni loves Plo Koon, so yeah, and I'm I just had like a thought of Batman v Superman, where the the two bond over the name Martha. <laughs> if one of them says the name Plo, and they're like, "Why did you say that name?" <laughs> now I can't kill you. <laughs> um, I think I, I don't know. I'm curious about Balin and his motivations and if he truly does think it would be a shame to kill Ahsoka. But I, I kind of felt that was more because he wants her on his side, on their side. Cause he was like, there's so few Jedi left, but, and in my mind, I thought maybe he's thinking I would love to try to convince her to come with us, especially because they can bond over the fact that they both walked away from the Jedi, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing their first interactions. And that that's something that I just felt was missing in this episode is I want to know more about the baddies <laughs> and we don't know their motivations right now fully. Uh, so I, I really am excited to see him explain himself maybe to Ahsoka, uh, whether or not he tries to be like, Hey, come on over. We could use another force user or if he just wants to kill her, I hope not, but we know they fight. So I, I don't, I don't, I didn't see him being truly heartbroken this episode so much. Um, but I did feel it in episode two of him just being like, well, that's a shame, but I think he will do it. <laughs> yeah. Eric Bruno, thank you for the next one. I loved that we're doing all these Japanese-inspired things in this show, and then Shin's fighter looks like a Mitsubishi A6M, a.k.a. Zero. <laughs> I don't know what that looks like, but it's funny. I'm going <laughs> to Google it. I also don't know what that looks like, because I'm not a car person or plane person. That could be a plane. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, well, while you Google that, we are an hour in. Uh, we do have a sponsor for our podcast today so i'm going to play that and we'll be back in about one minute today's video is brought to you by hellofresh skip trips to the grocery store and count on hellofresh to make home cooking easy fun and affordable that's why it's america's number one meal kit and did you know hellofresh offers more than just delicious dinners it's now easier than ever to skip that extra grocery store run by adding snacks sides and more to your weekly order simply shop the hellofresh market and take your pick from a curated selection over 100 items if you're looking to eat well this summer hellofresh's menu features calorie smart and protein smart lunch and dinner options plus new vegan dinner to choose from. HelloFresh makes it easy to reach your food goals with flavorful recipes that leave you feeling satisfied. Molly and I use HelloFresh to save time and money grocery shopping. We love cooking dinner together, but our schedule is often busy and chaotic, whether we're covering a trailer that dropped unexpectedly or streaming in the evenings or traveling to a convention. HelloFresh offers delicious meals with fresh ingredients that we can make and enjoy in about 15 minutes. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50StarWars and use code 50StarWars for 50% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash 50StarWars with the code 50StarWars for 50% off plus free shipping. Our yep. schedule is often chaotic and Hello still Fred. is today. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to myself, which I hate, first of all, but then I that line happened. I was like, it is chaotic, Alex. There are not right. enough hours in the day for us to get sleep and do everything we need to do. 
<clears throat> but we can try. Moving on, Elo Asti, thanks for the next super chat. I don't need Sabine to be a Jedi. I need her to be herself. How is she not being herself now? What will her being herself look like? I mean, I think that Ahsoka and Sabine both, if you compare how they are now to Star Wars Rebels or the Clone Wars, they're they're behaving differently. Like Sabine is in a funk. They're both kind of in a funk. And as they start to train together and work together more, they're they're finding more hope. Like mm -hmm. you said, Molly, they're they're coming back into themselves, I think. I think that's part of what this story is. Yeah. Well, when when Thrawn and Ezra <clears throat> excuse me, when Thrawn and Ezra left and the Battle of Lothal ended, they were left with this like giant hole in their lives and in their hearts, and they never got any closure from that. So moving forward after something that traumatic without having any closure is really hard and it's going to there's a good chance it'll change you as a person and they're still kind of like trying to recover but now there's this hope of getting Ezra back and you know there's this hope of them not being dead so it's just natural for people to go through a lot of changes and and almost become different people than they once were when something like that happens yeah i mean they've both been through a whole lot they've both lost their people the jedi and the mandalorians went through a great purge <laughs> and uh, they're trying to recover from that mm -hmm. uh henry smallstig thank you for the next super chat thoughts on people seeing things in animation and saying that would be so cool in live action do you think that devalues animation at all? More, more when the animation premieres, not when being adapted. I am biased as an animator. <laughs> I, I think it kind of does. I definitely think there's this imaginary hierarchy of not just Star Wars content, but I'll, I'll put it through the Star Wars lens because that's who I am. But, you know, the live action movies get the most attention and then live action TV and then it gets down to like animation and video games and then books and comics are even lower. Like there are people who uh, are always asking if I want to see the books get adapted. And I'm like, I don't really need that to happen. I really like the books as they are. Um, but a lot of people don't want to spend the time to read them. And yeah. I'm not to shame that there's like you said, Molly, there's only so many hours in the day and it's hard to keep up with everything. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that there's definitely this false idea that Star Wars animation is for kids and only kids when even the young Jedi adventures is enjoyable to watch as an adult. <laughs> yeah. And I, that's coming from me as someone who also for a while thought, eh, I don't really need to watch the Star Wars cartoons. I don't think they're for me. And then finding out I was very wrong. Captain Cover, thank you for the next one. I'm convinced Ahsoka to Sabine start small with the Force is a Chekhov's gun. Sabine will connect with Pergil to travel to the new galaxy. What do you think? Maybe eventually. I don't think she's going to jump straight from uh, failing to move my favorite little cup to connecting with a Pergil right away. But maybe as the series progresses. Yeah, 
I do think she's going to use the force by the end of the season. I I don't know that Sabine will be able to connect with the Pergil because even for Ezra, that was something that he was only able to do at the very end of Rebels, you know? Oh, he kind of connected with them in the first time that they encountered. But he was able to, like, call upon them and, like, use them to take them out. But Ezra just had, like, a natural talent, it seemed, to connect with nature and animals. So we need to find out what Sabine's talent is. It kind of reminds me of what Delilah Dawson talked about in her interview with our friend Alden Diaz, that she tried so many things as an artist. She knew she wanted to be creative, and it took her a long time to settle on writing and realize, like, oh, this is what is working for me. I feel like Sabine needs to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, give me one second. You can keep going. Okay. Uh, Logan Haley, thank you for the next one. What do you and Molly think about Sabine potentially using the Force to connect to art? <laughs> like when she deciphers the map. Reminds me of the more unique ways we see Jedi from the High Republic use. That's exactly what I was just talking about. Uh, well-timed, Logan. Uh, and, and yeah, it kind of is along those lines of Ram Jomaram, who I mentioned earlier as well, that I, I think it would be really cool to see Sabine learn to connect with the Force through her art. Uh, Nick Alexander, thanks for the next question. Loved this episode. The Pergil dogfight training and floaty Ahsoka were awesome. These episodes are catching people up. I think it will ramp up now. Uh, yeah, I, I'm also hoping for a ramp up. I'm I'm ready for things to pick up speed. But you know what? If this series is very much like a um a full catch-up series for people who've never seen Star Wars animation. Uh, I can live with that. It's all right. (laughs) Okay, I'm back. Okay. But yeah, like, if every episode doesn't super further the story that I want it to further, but it does serve to get everyone kind of on the same page as we move further into the New Republic era, there, there is definitely value in that. Uh, but Miranda here, thank you for the next super chat. I was sure you'd be thrilled by this episode, Alex, due to the dogfight at very least. I keep thinking that despite loving Rebels, I haven't seen it in years, and maybe that's why you're impatient. Still love your reactions. I did have that thought, actually, that Rebels, uh, it, it moved along at a pretty good pace. I mean, people definitely would save filler about some episodes, but I don't think that show has much filler at all. It moves pretty quick, especially season four. So I think having just rewatched all four seasons, there is a little bit of me that's like, let's go. <laughs> let's go faster. Well, because we <clears throat> know that the goal of this season is to get Ezra back and find Thrawn. It's it's hard to not be impatient and be like, okay, we get it. There's a hyperspace ring. Like, let's go. Let's move. There's the Pergil. Jump on him. Let's go. <laughs> oh, here comes the Pergil. <laughs> like, it, it's hard just as fans uh, who kind of can see where this is headed to not be impatient and want to plunge forward. I, I think they're taking their time and they need to for people who haven't seen Rebels 
totally get it. Uh, and I did like the dog fight. Like all the action was really fun to watch. Uh, I'm just like, I want to see that new galaxy. I've everything that has been established. I'm just excited to get to it. <laughs> yes. Uh, Impsimp has <laughs> the next one. Thank you. I love your channel. Do you guys think we'll see Thrawn's clone army from Legends? Maybe some new trooper variants? Maybe Mount Tantus in live action? First of all, thank you. Yeah, thank you. I would not be surprised at all if we got Tantus in some future stories after it's being set up in the Bad Batch. Uh, I, I think there's probably some intentional connectivity there. I think maybe if we get a second season of Ahsoka, it could show up there. But I, because we're spreading this out so much, by the time we get to Thrawn, I don't know that we'll see Mount Tantus. Oh, yeah. I, soon. I, I should say that I'm thinking more in the New Republic era of storytelling within the Mandover shows or Dave Filoni's eventual movie. I, I think that's very possible. Mm -hmm. uh, I We could also see a clone army. I don't know if they're... I don't know if they're going to do that again. Because in Legends, we hadn't seen a clone army yet. And w you can tell when you read Timothy Zahn's books that he didn't know what the Clone Wars were. He just kind of made them up. I think he wrote them where the clones were the bad guys uh, and, and the enemy of the Republic and the Jedi. So now we've obviously... Well, that was weird. <laughs> I think our internet just dropped out for a minute. StreamYard just kicked us out, but <laughs> I just had to refresh and we were right back. That that was weird. What was I saying? Uh, oh, okay. Since we've had so many Clone Wars era stories, I don't really think they'll do a big old clone story again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a communications disruption can mean only <laughs> one thing. <laughs> You're right. Hippin is Invasion. Uh, okay, Star Wars artifacts. Thanks for the next one. I'm glad Sabine is not gifted with the Force. Thoughts? I I think it makes sense to show the whatever the opposite of Anakin is. Like Anakin was like, oh, what a big deal. He's got all these midichlorians. Who even cares? <laughs> <laughs> show us the people who have to really work hard for it. You know. Fully agree. Uh, I really, really am happy with the way that they're telling this story. Uh, I've said it before, but just I, I was worried it was all going to be an off-screen thing. But the fact that it, we're going to get to probably watch Sabine learn to wield the Force, uh, that's what I want, if that's the story. It'll be way more satisfying for for the viewer to see Sabine eventually be able to wield the Force, right? Because she's having to work so hard for it. Yeah. And this... Next super chat is uh, building off of that. Thank you, Saki uh, Sautome. What do you guys make of Sabine saying, I don't feel the force, not like you? She does it the last episode too, which implies that she can feel the force, just not the way Ahsoka and Ezra do. Maybe. I think she's saying that she doesn't feel it at all, but there are there's a moment when she's practicing Zatochi where she's looking away from Ahsoka and then she stops and she turns around and then she like duels with Ahsoka for a minute 
but then Ahsoka knocks her down. So like, I I think that there are hints that she is learning, mm-hmm. but again, it's just not going to come easy to her. Yeah, I think we we touched on it earlier. I think she is connected to the Force in a different way, and that's why she says, "I can't feel it like like you do." I mean, it it looks like it comes so easily to Ahsoka because she's been a Jedi for so long. But I think Sabine is connected to the Force in a in a little bit of a different way, and she just hasn't figured out how to hone in on that mm-hmm. and like fine tune it. But she'll get there. All the talk of maybe using her art, like finding a more personal way to do it, and that kind of ties in with Ahsoka saying that she doesn't necessarily want Sabine to be a Jedi. She wants her to be herself and find her own connection to the Force where maybe moving a cup is just not the way she's going to learn. But we'll see. Plus, I mean, her whole life, she was trained to be a Mandalorian. I think some of that way of thinking and training is getting in the way. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Mandalorian culture is not very conducive for a balanced individual. (laughs) Yeah. And I think Huyang hinted at that. Mm -hmm. He's like, there's a reason there were there have been so few, mm-hmm. which I perked up at because I think we we only fully know about Tar Vizsla. Uh, we did hear that he was the first Mandalorian Jedi, so I assumed there were more. But it's interesting to get confirmation beyond Grogu. Mm-hmm. Uh, Samuel Ars, thanks for the next one. Do you think Balin could be a former Padawan of Plo Koon? Hence his hesitation to kill Ahsoka. I love that that's just a theory that's starting. <laughs> this is a fun a fun theory. It is a I fun don't head think, cannon. I don't think it's true, but it would be pretty crazy if it were. And very Dave Filoni. I also don't think it's true, but there's a good reason to think it because of Dave. I think his hesitation is just all down to the fact that he's like, I was a Jedi once too. I don't think he hates the Jedi. He just isn't one now, but it's not like he's on some crusade to wipe every force user out. She's just in his way. And he's like, well, this sucks, but I guess I have to do it. Yeah. I'm the Stein. Thank you for the next super chat. While not a literal translation, I never read those books and had no interest uh, and and had no interest. But my understanding was that their ships were alive as and Oh, are we talking about the Yuzon Vong? Did this get out of order? I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. Well, not a literal translation. I never read those books and had no interest, but my understanding was that their ships were alive as well. Do you think the Pergil might be a translation of the ships the Yuzon Vong used? Oh, yeah, I think they're talking about... Uh, I'm not sure what the translation you're talking about is, but um, I don't think the Pergil are, are supposed to be like their world ships that the Yuzon Vong had. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, Stein says, I, I rewrote to shrink the word count. Gotcha. No, I don't think the Pergil are meant to be like the new version of the world ships. I, cause they're, they're a lot more, you know, chill. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're, they're just cool space whales and the world ships were big and scary. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this is something different. 
I know nothing next to nothing about the Yuzong Bong, so I am no help there. Yeah, it could be related in some way. But uh, Miranda here has the next one. I did go back and back to jump around various Rebels episodes, and I think their only interaction is Ahsoka handing Sabine the tactical droid head. They did use Sabine's theme in Forces of Destiny episode where Ahsoka trained Ezra. Hmm. <laughs> That's interesting. interesting. That's probably just a happy coincidence. Yeah. That, that's funny. Like, I didn't think to keep an eye on Sabine and Ahsoka interactions when we were rewatching Rebels. But I, yeah, I know. But I was just like, they I don't think they talk at all. So yeah, thank you. Their only interaction is Ahsoka being like, here you go. <laughs> Have that's, a droid head. That's wild. Uh, Nathan Kutch, thank you for the next one. I also love the World War II fighter references. Also, the gun placements on the fighters are basically the same as the German ME109's fighters' guns, right on the nose. I love all these. All these people know way more about World War II <laughs> fighters than I ever will. Right. I know where the guns on an X-wing are, and that's not hard to figure out. <laughs> Uh, Lord Jazugia, thank you for your question. Uh, I found it in the chat. It says, is it possible that there are other people with Ezra and Thrawn, members of the Chimera crew? I think there would have to be. Yeah, there had to have been other people on the ship when they left at the end of Rebels, right? Uh, yeah. Like, there, there's no way Ezra slaughtered every stormtrooper that was in there <laughs> i i think there were still thousands of people on the chimera mm -hmm. what they're up to i don't know sorry we're getting a lot of chat spammers this time of day which is weird so if you see me looking off and uh spacing out that's why <laughs> there's someone that keeps coming in as you alex i saw <laughs> It's not me. Don't believe their lies. Don't believe them. Alex could never multitask like I can. <laughs> uh, Tyler Robbins, thank you for the next one. Loving Hu Yang so far. Do you think seeing him in live action is potentially setting him up for future appearances in the New Jedi Order or Dawn of the Jedi? Dawn of the Jedi, I think. I mean, it could be either way, but I, I would like to see him like when he was first built. I think mm -hmm. that'd be great. What did he say? He's 75% his original, original parts, parts which, which is impressive. Very impressive. He's 25,000 years old. <laughs> but he he did point out in today's episode or last night that like, oh, it took longer for my battery backup to cycle on. Yeah. He needs a, a new battery. <laughs> they don't make them like they used to, apparently. <laughs> uh, or uh, Mappa. Yes, Thank you for the next one. You go ahead. Uh, watching this live, EU loved the migration lanes. Yeah, mm -hmm. I like that too. The the idea that I, like I assume that's what the map, the ancient map, is charting. It's not a. It's not pointing out here's where Thrawn is. It's just saying here's where the Pergil came from, and since we know they took Thrawn, that's where we should head. Right. Also, yeah, we talked about this earlier, but excited that all of our European watchers can, can catch this one live because we're yep. doing it so early. 
<laughs> uh, Louis, thank you for the next one. I love <laughs> Yu Yang, Hu Yang. He reminds me of you, Alex, knowing all the bits of useful lore to the story. Definitely feels like an audience stand-in. Yeah, that's me. I like to operate with standard protocol. I don't <laughs> like to deviate. I don't like change. That sounds about right. I said right. when we were designing the background for these shows, I said that in my box, I should have a little chopper. And in his, there should be a little hooying that Popping out. pops up. <laughs> I can probably add that at some point. <laughs> But thank you, Louis. I'll, I'll take that, or Louis. I'll take that as a compliment. Uh, Solo, Solo Mahal, thank you for the next super chat. Have not seen it mentioned yet. Do you think the hyperdrive ring being built is intended on bringing back a damaged ISD Chimera? Thoughts? So we did touch on this earlier in the stream. But yeah, I hope so. I mean, it would be a shame if they left the Chimera out there. <laughs> Oh, I think we're going to see the Chimera with its underbelly painting, or I don't know what to call that. Uh, it's got it's to come back. I think we're going to see that Star Destroyer for sure. We talked about it in Man Mandalorian Season 3 when they showed that ship flying over. I forget what planet it was, but it had a uh, painting yeah. on its underside. It was like the pirate ship or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, they're showing that so that we can get excited to see the Chimera come back. Yep. Uh, Tobias Tutorials, thank you for the next one. Hera mentioned in the premiere that Thrawn is the last missing Grand Admiral, but shouldn't Ray Sloan be considered missing too? Unaccounted for, they might, they might think that she's dead. They might think that she uh, deserted, which honestly, that, that could track because Nora Wexley and Ray Sloan kind of worked together to stop the destruction of Jakku. So maybe Nora wrongly thinks that Sloane is no longer serving the Empire. Navarro. Thank you, Gordon. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I think Ray Sloane is still out there somewhere, but she might not be part of the Imperial Remnant. She might be getting First Order stuff going already. Yeah, I don't think she's missing. I think they're saving her for something. I hope so. They wouldn't just forget about her. Come on. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like they need to set up who Thrawn is for the people who haven't seen Rebels. And to also, I guess they could have just said he's one of the last remaining Grand Admirals. But then people will be like, well, who's the other one? It's It's always trying to balance saying enough without saying so much that it's confusing, I think. Mm. Uh, Miranda here. Thanks for the next one. Oh, I love that Hu Yang said, Ancient Jedi followed Pergo hyperspace jumps because I thought KOTOR conflicted with canon, uh, chiefly because hyperspace lanes wouldn't be built until the High Republic. Yeah, that connectivity fit really well. Well, the hyperspace lanes in the High Republic, like, Hyperspace lanes already exist before the High Republic. It's just not as many. So the Outer Rim is somewhat explored, but not as explored as it is now. So, But there are already Outer Rim planets that the High Republic is well aware of. Um, so I don't think there's really anything in the High Republic that is fully negating KOTOR. Hmm. Natalie Francini, thanks for another super chat. 
with all his knowledge of the Jedi, why do you think Hu Yang is working with Ahsoka rather than helping Luke start his new Jedi Academy? He would be helpful to Luke. Maybe he heard the last name Skywalker and was like, hard pass. <laughs> Maybe he's not ready to settle down. He wants, he, he's still ready for adventure and wants to go around. What, what did Ahsoka say? Wherever I'm needed. Yeah. He doesn't want to settle down with boring old Luke. Come he's on. like, the Skywalkers have too much talent. I want to work with someone who has no talent. <laughs> Bring me Sabine. <laughs> exactly. Or he doesn't know about Luke yet. Like, maybe Ahsoka's met him already, and she's just like, I'm not going to tell Hu Yang. <laughs> Hu Yang doesn't need to know. He doesn't need that. I could use his help. It's protecting everyone that Hu Yang doesn't know who Luke is. <laughs> Uh, Tim Sim, thanks for the next one. No filler and effective story beats. For a 36-minute episode, it did what it did, and that works for me. Also, hearing people who didn't watch Rebels say, WTF or Space Whales doing in Star Wars is something. I haven't oh. been online much today, so I haven't seen people complaining about that if they are, but I, I think they did a a fun job of, of setting that up in The Mandalorian Uh not that everyone saw or even noticed that. Well, no, they they focused on that pretty hard. But I think that was a fun inclusion before Ahsoka. Hmm. I mean, when Lothcats started showing up, everybody was like, oh, cute space cats. But the space whales got to get angry about. Uh, King George the Sixth, thank you for the next. Well, or thank you for being a Biggs mega fan for five months. Uh, Noise. I wonder if that annoying senator that sat back during the war is a World War II appeasement reference. Is he a Neville Chamberlain? Uh, I do not know. A who? <laughs> I I also don't know who Neville Chamberlain is. Uh, I wonder if that annoying senator. I don't know. We'll see if chat knows but, who that is. But Ziono, I mean, again, I know my Star Wars history way more than I know my real history, unfortunately. Oh, Neville, Neville Chamberlain was a UK prime minister before Churchill. Oh, okay. We don't know that UK history. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. He's uh, Hitler. Oh, okay, gotcha. That would that makes sense. Okay. Probably something along those same lines. In uh, other words, he was a turd, says <laughs> Brian uh Barrett and Chet. Gotcha. Well said. <laughs> Miranda here, thank you for another one. I love how Hu Yang kinda forms a foil for Sabine, given that neither have talent in the force, but both might be considered Jedi. That's nice. Hu Yang was a little bit judgy this episode, but <laughs> I and love I, that for I do him, still though. like him. We need someone judgy in here. Someone's got to be the comedic relief, the 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 snappy one. <laughs> I mean, we have Chopper, but half the time we don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. Keltgen, thank you for another super chat, or, or a super chat. Why do you think people are so critical of Ahsoka and Sabine being able to learn how to use the Force? I find it strange. Same with saying Ahsoka is out of character. I think people are just not used to the idea 
like I think they're executing on it perfectly, saying that she doesn't know how to control the force, but she can and probably will learn. But I don't know. Some people are really weirdly attached to the idea that being a Jedi is only for a select elite few. And like the Jedi Order have never said that. <laughs> I, I don't yeah. know where that's coming from. It is really interesting. Like, I feel like someone could write an essay and publish it about Star Wars fandom and how how somehow over the years a lot of people felt like like you said the Jedi the ability to become a Jedi was like for this elite powerful only and that that just like isn't what George wanted at all yeah I think I've seen people use the syndrome from Incredibles quote that like, oh, if everyone's special, then nobody's special. Kind of that thing. So. I first of all, that's the villain saying that it's kind of like when people say the theme of The Last Jedi is let the past die, kill it if you have to. Like, no, that's the villain being wrong. Uh, but also just because everyone can be a Jedi doesn't mean that they all will be like being a Jedi is still something special and something to strive for. And I think it's better to say that anyone can do it, but not everyone will. Mm -hmm. Cause it takes a lot of work. Yep. <clears throat> uh, Tin man. Thank you for the next super chat subtitle. Spell it as Zatochi with one eye, but Zatoichi with two eyes is a blind 1960s Japanese character. I'm on to you, Filoni. <laughs> <laughs> and we talked about that a bit earlier, which I had learned all of that today. Yeah, that that is a cool little fact that I did not know that I'm going to look into. Ice, thanks for another super chat. Senator Ziono is a jerk. I get Kaz so much more now. I was shocked at his accusations to Hera and disappointed Mon didn't speak up at all to him. Yeah, like that's, I do wish the other senators would be like, would you pipe down? Yeah. It, but it is kind of like that thing where he's from Hosnian Prime. It's this important, rich core world. And he probably gets away with a lot. Mm-hmm. But part of being in a democracy means that you have to deal with jerks. <laughs> right. Oh, God. I can't imagine how Mon Mothma is still doing it. <laughs> I She's know. She's like, I want her to retire and just go live a happy life somewhere. Let her rest. <laughs> Triple O. Okay. Triple O Tragic Solitude. Thank you. A-Wings. Merrick Speaks. That is all. I was excited to hear Marok speak. And yeah, I got excited for the A-Wings too, even though they just did a little flyby. Mm -hmm. He said, as you wish too, which is a, a great <laughs> little line. He's a big Princess Bride fan. Yeah. Uh, Sage McCone, thank you for the next one. Is Sabine and Shin the oldest Padawans we've seen in canon? Uh, Obi-Wan was like 25 when he graduated so i think there have been older padawans but what do you mean they're, they're up there to, to become a knight when he was promoted oh okay he was a padawan until he was 25 
do we how, how old is sabine at this point uh because i don't think shin looks very old eh, I, I i do think sabine is older than 25 <laughs> a lot of people saying grogu is 50 well he was he was trained he was a padawan before that. circumstances yeah Sabina's 30, okay. Okay, yeah. So yeah, maybe, but I also think that we're used to the Clone Wars era where a lot of Padawans got like rushed into knighthood. Mm -hmm. So going back through Jedi history, I think you would probably see far more older Padawans. Yeah. The the prequel trilogy really messed people up with that. The fact that Anakin was too old to train like okay well that's another part of why the jedi of that era were just flat out wrong and losing their way like yeah that shouldn't be the case but too they old were to train cranky. too young to be a knight <laughs> they were cranky tim sim thank you for another super chat anyone got the same feeling i got that feloni saying that anyone can wield the force in ahsoka excuse me in ahsoka is similar to ryan's in the last jedi which was one of many disputed between fans. Really interesting. I think both of those statements of anyone being able to wield the force, that's all coming from George Lucas. Mm -hmm. That's all coming from stuff he wrote down back in the 70s. Uh, I don't think it was always communicated well. I think he had a lot to say about the institution of the Jedi Order in the prequels that I think has led to confusion. But... His philosophy on the Force is that anyone can wield it with enough discipline. And this kind of plays into that a little bit um, from I Am The Stein. I see people forgetting that Kanan said to Ezra about Sabine that the Force exists in all living things, and it's just about how much you open yourself up to it. I felt Ahsoka reinforced this about how talent plays a part. Yeah. It's the same thing as, uh, I think I've told this story before, but... Uh, I ran cross country in high school and I trained really, really hard uh, the summer before my freshman year. And I went to tryouts and I did well, but I had a friend who just decided to try out with me, hadn't trained at all. And he was just naturally fast. Like mm -hmm. he, he kicked my ass and made varsity. And I was like, this is BS. <laughs> I, I was not happy, but you know, some people are just talented at certain things. And if you want to work hard at something, or, or and, and sometimes you would have to work harder to match them, uh, it is how it is. So yeah, some people have talent in the force, but everyone can use it. Well said. Rainer Bless, thank you for the next one. Do you think there will be a trend of more non-traditional Jedi coming up in future shows and books? Yes. Yeah, probably. Because I think so. Right now, there aren't many traditional Jedi. <laughs> yeah, they're I all gone. Consider, the Jedi yeah. Order is gone. Like we're all we have left is non-traditional Jedi, and we're continuing to see not not as non-traditional, but like the stuff like the higher public, and eventually we'll get into the old Republic. Like we'll see the Jedi of that time and how they were some considered non-traditional. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see the new Jedi Order and the Dawn of the Jedi and compare those to kind of what does it look like when you're starting a Jedi Order from 
scratch almost mm-hmm. and compare that to the prequels or the high republic or other eras yeah Uh, James Duffy, thank you for the next one. I think shedding the dogma of the Jedi Order and seeing the Force on a spectrum rather than discrete or binary is how the Force is being brought into balance. Thanks, Anakin. <laughs> yes, well said. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think it should be pointed out that even Jedi who are like, I am a Jedi Knight or a Jedi Master like Obi-Wan, it it waxes and wanes their strength in the Force. We see Obi-Wan and the way that he fades away from the force he he stops being a jedi master and he has to reconnect with it in the obi-wan kenobi series uh just because you are force sensitive doesn't mean every day you're gonna wake up and be like i'm the strongest in the force i've ever been (laughs) although some people might feel like that way when they wake up i i hope they do (laughs) (laughs) um mr lucky toad thank you for the next super chat when slash why do you think Ahsoka went to Ossus to visit Luke and Grogu? I wonder if Luke had more information on Arcana once Ahsoka learned of the map. I don't know. <laughs> I, mm. I assume it happened before this. Because they said that Ahsoka takes place around the same time as the Mandalorian season three, which is after the Book of Boba Fett. So... I don't think Luke knows or cares about Arcana. <laughs> I, I think he would be surprised to learn about it. He would probably be interested because I, I really like the stories of him going around and investigating other force beliefs and systems. So he'd be oh, interested in the Night Sisters. He would probably care about it, but I don't think he knows about he, it currently. He's got a lot on his plate. So. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't. Uh, maybe he did have information. That would be interesting. He may have found out about it at some point on his travels. He'd be like, I can't handle that right now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I got too much. Uh, Ice, thanks for the next one. I love Mon's character, but I think she has many flaws in her leadership. She lets people walk all over her and never takes decisive action. She doesn't stand her ground like Padme, for example. Well, that's the point of her, like, projected persona. Yeah, especially in Andor. Yeah, she also does struggle a little bit with... I guess being proactive, but she's she's just trying to do things uh, in a very safe way behind the scenes. And you, we see that with her and Luthen in Andor, where Luthen is like, something's got to happen. I'm looking forward to seeing her more in season two of Andor, because we just don't have a ton of stories about her as the leader of the rebellion. There are a couple short stories here or there. She pops up in the comments or comics on occasion. But yeah, we're just getting to see her in this role as the Chancellor of the New Republic. And uh, I love Mon, and I, I want to give her the benefit of the doubt. So I know she's trying to balance a lot of things and becoming turning an empire into a republic is no easy task. Mm-hmm. So I say justice for Mon. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, Tin Man, thanks for the next one. Hu Yang's line of a non-traditional Jedi is a nicer name for the Disaster Apprentice line. <laughs> Yoda, Dooku, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, Anakin, Ahsoka, Sabine, Jason. Also, Obi-Wan is like the one normie in the bunch where it's like, 
what happened to him mm-hmm. <laughs> where he came out as a pretty traditional Jedi, I would say, mm-hmm. uh, but then still cranked out Anakin. <laughs> he was just a rule follower. You know, he's like the middle child just trying to do his best. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to know who Yoda's canon master was and if he was also insane. <laughs> <laughs> Um, got a super chat from Mick Hoffmeyer. I don't know if I, there was a message attached to that. I see you're still in the chat, so let us know if you had a message yeah, or Alex if out. you saw it. Uh, <clears throat> I did not see it earlier, so I'll keep an eye out. Uh, but Eric Bruno asks, "Is that how hyper- hyperspace drives work? Seven massive SSD engines on a super lightweight ship means go fast, like putting a V8 <laughs> in a tiny car." I guess. I assume the more hyperdrives you put on something, the faster it would go. Right. Makes sense to me, but <laughs> I'm oh, sure there is. Okay. Sorry, I see their their next super chat over here. Okay. Uh, um, but back yeah, to this. I, I assume, there, obviously there's no science involved in this, but I think if you just stack hyperdrive on top of hyperdrive, it will go faster through hyperspace. Right. Uh, did you want to pull up? Yeah, Mix? let me pull this okay. one up. Um, this is something I'm wondering. Is Pelion in contact with Morgan? Is he somehow in contact with Thrawn? Pelion's ship was also at Lethal. Uh, yeah, that I, I kind of get the sense that Pelion is talking to Morgan and Morgan keeps telling Pelion, like, I promise Thrawn will be back soon. And then Pelion keeps telling the Imperial Council, like, Grand Admiral Thrawn's imminent return. And and all of the other officers are like, when? You keep saying that. But right. I, I don't think Pelion has all the information. <laughs> He's just trying to hold it together as best he can. <laughs> uh, Jason Renfro, thanks for the next one. Episode three was too short for me. It could have at least been 10 minutes longer, but... Overall, I loved it, and I do think Sabine will pick up the force like Ray did. Uh, I, yeah, I kind of thought it would have made sense to just keep going and maybe get to those lightsaber fights, but we'll see how episode four is, how long I, it is. and I think they cut it there because even if it were 10 minutes longer, I feel like the, the fight between Ahsoka and Merak and Ahsoka talking to Balin, all that stuff, like they probably didn't want to squeeze that in at the end of that episode yeah so it makes sense to cut it short and have it go to the next one it, it was just one of those that felt a little like it, it just ended which is something Andor did as well so i'm not like being overly critical of it but it just kind of left me with a oh it's over feeling mm-hmm Uh, I see a super chat from Bertie Skywalker with no message. Thank you, Bertie. If you're still in the chat, uh, we can keep an eye out for it. And uh, Ultima Bindesen, thanks for the next question. What was Ahsoka and Sabine doing during the, the original trilogy? Great question. Would love an answer for it. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. <laughs> no one knows. Sabine was hanging out on Lothal. So she was basically uh, tasked with protecting Lothal, thinking that the Empire was going to come back and attack again. Mm-hmm. But 
that never happened. So that's where she was. Ahsoka, do not know right now. And I, I hope we find out. Yeah. Um, I have to go. Okay. Continue gluing. So that <laughs> I know you still have a lot of other work to do. By the time, well, there's there's another element of it because when I wear that mask, it puts all these insanely bright red lines all over my face, and then I need like an hour for those to go away. So before we go out to dinner <laughs> with our friends from out of town, but um, I am I gonna still hang it hang out in chat. I'm gonna have the laptop up downstairs so that I can help mod because we've had so many okay. bozos showing up in chat asking where people are. But um, this is really fun. I'm I'm so happy that we have this many people live watching at a ridiculous time. This is not anywhere close to the time that we normally yeah. stream. Uh, but yeah, have fun, everyone. I'm sorry I couldn't stay for the rest of your super chats and questions. But again, I'll be in the chat. So, and I'll keep hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. So Spiral is up next. Uh, maybe Yoda species live in the other galaxy. Maybe. Uh, I don't, I'm expecting that they live in the known galaxy, but we, we know next to nothing about them. So who knows? Uh, Aria, thank you for the next super chat. So anyone can be a Jedi according to Ahsoka and Luke. Uh, correct. Anyone in the galaxy or world has potential to be a Jedi and that's not according to Ahsoka and Luke. It's also according to George Lucas. Uh, David Kanyo, thank you for the next one. A bit off topic, but are any of your DragonCon panels going to be recorded? Would love to watch, especially the feud. Uh, probably not. We'll see what we can do. Uh, they, they don't have the same usual setup that, like, Star Wars Celebration has it's a little bit easier to record at Celebration because they they're they're just set up for it. Occasionally, we've been able to record Dragon Con panels, uh, so we'll see what we can do. Joel Davis, thank you for the next two here. Chances that once Filoni finishes this Thrawn saga, Ahsoka, Sabine, Ezra, and maybe some others go to the New Galaxy where they stay during the sequel trilogy. I think that's possible. Uh, just a time, maybe to give them a happy ending. We let's see what is in this far galaxy before anyone decides to settle on it. <laughs> it could be terrifying. But Joel thinks calling it. We see Thrawn at the end of Episode Four. Uh, I could see that, and I, I hope. I really hope that at least the villains leave Setos by the end of the next episode. Um, and, and I do think that they're going to reach the other galaxy before our heroes do, and our heroes are going to have to find another way. So Thrawn might be there. We know he gets onto the Eye of Scion at some point. Uh, he is in the ship in the trailers, so I think we're going to head there soon. But yeah, I I would like to get over there before... We're halfway through the season. Uh, Stubby Wan Kenobi, thank you for the next one. Morak reanimated Kanan. <laughs> Probably not, but just a thought. There was nothing left to reanimate about Kanan. 
Um, pretty sure he was turned to ash, sadly. Uh, Ryan Murtaugh, thank you for the super chat. I saw you in the chat earlier. I don't see a message here. Uh, I will try to keep an eye out in the chat for your question, if you're still here. I think I saw you not too long ago. Saki Sautome, thanks for another super chat. In the comics, Sabine and Ahsoka duo mission together. Oh, that's good. Uh, I know that there were some like little comic strips that were released, and I have not read all of those. So it's nice to know that they had a little more, quote, screen time together than they did. Ice, thanks for another one. Uh, I assume we're still talking about Mon Mothma here. She ran the rebellion like a Senate debate. I get why. It's what she knows, but it's not very effective. We see her constantly refuse to take action, and people have to disobey her to get anything done. Uh, oh, sorry. I thought Molly needed something. Um, we see her constantly refuse to take action. I mean, she wants to be a Democratic leader. But again, we're only seeing little glimpses of what she got up to the whole time. She is still the leader of the rebellion for a reason. And I think we're probably going to see more of her characterization in Andor season two. Like Andor season one is the most time we've ever spent with the woman. And it made me appreciate her even more than I already did. And I mean, Andy, I like what you say in the chat. It's not very effective, but they won. Like th she held everything together. And I'm not saying the Rebellion or the New Republic were perfect, but I think that she was a better leader than someone like Luthen would have been. I think Luthen would have taken the Rebellion and uh, they would have lost their soul the same way he did. It's like Mon Mothma is a mythological character that isn't an example of what happens in the real world, but it's it's like someone to strive for. It's a it's a leader that I wish everyone could be in the real world, but it just it, it I wouldn't say it's realistic. Like Luthen is probably the more realistic revolutionary, but Mothma is the mythological archetype of like a good leader. And and Ice also said, just a running issue I have with her character. Yeah, I get it. Uh, Ryan Murtaugh, thank you for this super chat. And I, I don't know if that's the one from earlier, but uh, how about those World War II plane fighters? As a plane nerd, thought that was really cool. What's each of your favorite ways that real life has intersected Star Wars? Oh. That's a good question. Uh, I mean, I, I like any time that I can see a prop <laughs> that they're using that I and I'm like, I know what that is, but they've changed it to be something else. Uh, I like that. So I don't know if I have anything specific, but uh, Lord Hosk, thank you for the next two super chats. I'm speculating responsibly that Marok is Joris Sabayoth. <laughs> I doubt it. I think that Balin is probably going to be the uh, Joris archetype of this story. 
And Lord Hosk also says, I changed my mind. Marok is Luke. It's so obvious. I have seen some people throw that out there. And uh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't think they're going to do clone Luke this time around. Ice, thanks for another one. Seeing Jason was great with green hair. So much for that Lego set. Also, think you may have missed an earlier one for me. Uh, I think we got them all. But drop it in the chat if I'm wrong. Uh, but yeah, that, that Lego set is pretty funny. That everyone was like, oh, no green hair. And we, we were already making a headcanon about how he must have just gotten into Aunt Sabine's <laughs> uh, hairspray. Uh, Jason Rinfro and Dorwin, thanks for becoming Big's mega fan members. Ice, I actually don't know which path for Sabine I would prefer, and I love that. Her learning to use the Force has great potential, but her overcoming the need to be Force-sensitive is also interesting. I, I think she could do both, like, the way that she very intently wants to be able to use the Force. She might need to let go of that a little bit and learn to use it her way and not Ahsoka's way. Uh, but I'm I'm the same way, where I'm like, if she does not learn to use the Force, I am okay with that, because I think that she can still be a powerful Force for good. Christopher Killian, thank you for the next question. Do you think it's weird how Ahsoka and Sabine were acting this episode? Them being attacked by Shin and company is like a Tuesday for Sabine. Well, they have been through a lot. I mean, I think it's been a while since they've been attacked like that, but th they made so many jokes about standard operating procedure that I'm like, that that's probably something that they're used to. And I think they knew to expect trouble in the Dinab system. Rebecca, Ol Rebecca Olive Greens, excuse me. Thank you for the next question. Paul Darnell is the stunt person on the Mandalorian on TMBF, so not voice. Uh, yeah, maybe. If we're talking about Maroc, I, I think I was probably wrong about that. But he could be doing the stunt acting and the voice work because he wasn't credited until today, as far as I saw. Uh, but today he spoke, so I think he might be doing the voice as well. Mando and Boba Fett, gotcha. Or he might just be the stuntman. I don't know. But I still think Maroc is just Maroc. Uh, calm like a bomb. Thank you for the next one. How would you feel if Sabine has been tapping into the Force when she gets into the groove when she's painting? And that is how they unblock her. Uh, we have talked about that multiple times already. But yeah, I really like that idea. Akeem Hands, how is Ahsoka and Sabine going to survive the next episode? There are three Force users hunting them. I'm not sure Ahsoka could defeat all three by herself. I don't think she's going to. I'm really interested to see how this goes down. But according to trailers, we know Ahsoka's going to fight Marok. We know Sabine is going to fight Shin. And then Ahsoka's going to fight Balin. So maybe Ahsoka beats Marok and then helps Sabine, or maybe Sabine beats Shin on her own. We'll see. And then I think Ahsoka's going to go fight Balin. But I don't know why 
Sabine wouldn't join her. So I, I don't know how it's all going to play out. Tully Quinn, Balin seems really conflicted. Shin does not. I hope she stays wicked and sassy. I think that that is the case. I do think that she feels like an attack dog. And Balin, I don't know if he's conflicted, but he's just like sad about some of the jobs he has to do. Ice, I think there may be a case of completionist syndrome. I definitely felt it a bit, but not as much as you did. That said, I think there was progress. Uh, I'm not sure what you mean by completionist syndrome, um, but maybe just wanting wanting to get to the end of the story, wanting to know what happens, which is a good thing, in my opinion, that uh, I want to know what happens next. Jason Renfro, thank you. I think Sabine will pick the Force like Ray did. Uh, I think Sabine is going to definitely learn to pick up the Force. If she doesn't, I'm okay with it. But I think that the story they're telling is going to be uh, one where she does learn to connect with the Force on some level. Oh, Ice, I got you. Basically because I read everything, so I feel like it's recapping stuff, like I said in my review. Yeah, I do get that sense where a lot of it is not new to me, but it is new to a lot of people who are watching this story for the first time. So I think it's necessary, but it's like, ah, it's, it's leaving me wanting a little bit more new. Calm like a bomb. Could Bo-Katan show up to give Sabine permission and a way to give in to the Force? Having another Mandalorian say it's okay could help. I doubt it because they've said that Season 3 of Mando and Ahsoka take place at the same time. So Bo-Katan's off doing her own thing. And Ahsoka and Sabine definitely seem like they're off on their own journeys. Vader's lair. Okay, so could there be Jedi or Zepho in Peridia that followed the Pergil in the past? Also, could Skeleton Crew take place in the new galaxy? Uh, Zepho, potentially. I don't think we're going to find more Jedi over there. Um, I do think that they've gone over to that other galaxy before, potentially. But I'm not expecting to see more Jedi than Ezra. Uh, could Skeleton Crew take place over there? I doubt it. I don't think we're going to see the new galaxy very much in this series at this point. I hope we see it more than I'm expecting, but I think Skeleton Crew is just going to be about kids getting lost in the known galaxy. Oh my god, I am so sorry that I don't know how to read your name, uh, but thank you for the super chat. Greetings from Greece. I really enjoy the series. I assume they will jump to the other galaxy at the end of the next episode. Episode 5 is directed by Filoni, so probably something big will happen. Uh, I think that's correct. I think <laughs> studying who's directing what, I, I think that's worth basing theories off of. Um, I really hope that the villains at least leave Setos, and I think that our heroes might, it might take them another episode to get over there. Ice, thanks for two more here. I do think this episode moved things. At the end of part two, the team were headed to Setos, but had no idea how important that planet was going to be. 
For all they knew, it could have just been a rendezvous to hand off the hyperdrive before taking it elsewhere. We knew it wasn't, but they didn't. Yeah, it's good that the characters learned things, but as an audience member, I want to learn more things as well. And I think the Pergil revelation was something. It uh, just wasn't anything huge or big, in my opinion. Neil Adamson, thank you. I think the eye could be meant to transport the Seventh Fleet, but what if after reaching Peridia, the Pergil destroy it and they're all stuck there? Uh, maybe. I mean, the Pergil might not take kindly to all of these newcomers following their migration patterns. Who knows? But I don't know if that hyperdrive ring can handle a whole fleet. A Star Destroyer, I think, I think it can do that. Lynn Coyo, thank you. Reminder that the Chiss used Force Sensitives to travel and navigate space. Maybe Thrawn might be doing the same with Ezra in the New Galaxy. Possible. I don't see Ezra cooperating, but we don't know what happened to them out there. It's been almost a decade, so maybe they became best friends. We've been joking about that for a while. It depends on how much they needed to travel, what they wanted to do, but it's certainly... It's a theory that's been thrown around since... I think Thrawn Alliances introduced the idea of the Skywalkers. Uh, Brody McLeod, thank you for the next super chat. I think Sabine just needs a confidence boost. She's older, Mandalorian, grew up with two gifted Jedi, and is being trained by one of the greats. Uh, yeah, I think that's part of it. Ahsoka even said in episode two, like, part of uh, knowing when someone's ready is just the other person also knowing that they're ready and Sabine was clearly racked with self-doubt. I think that she is getting over that and the way that Ahsoka is teaching her now, I think is helping a lot. Uh, the young Took, uh, great name, first of all, and but <laughs> thank you for the super chat. I don't see a message there. I will try to keep an eye out uh, in chat for it. Ice, thank you for another one. They were just following the tracker. Now they've seen the eye. They know Morgan's plan, meaning they're on the right path. I think that's progress. I agree it's progress for the characters. Uh, Neil Adamson, thank you. Trying to remember what happened to the Shadow Council post-Aftermath. I don't think we fully got their story. I mean, they were kind of all brought together uh, by... Oh, that Gallius Rax. And then the Battle of Jakku was supposed to be this big destruction of the Empire and the Rebellion. But some Imperials were allowed to escape and Ray Sloan let a bunch of them out, including Brindel Hux. So the fact that Brindel Hux is still part of the Imperial remnant in the Mandalorian, like, I assume Ray Sloan is out there somewhere and, and maybe in league with him. Maybe Brindel is her representative on the Council, but... Uh, I, I think that a lot of them, some of them died. And then the, the council we're seeing in the Mandalorian is probably like a rebuilt shadow council. Ice. I loved Hu Yang's line about Ahsoka coming from a non-traditional line of Jedi. Yoda, Dooku, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, Anakin, Ahsoka, and Sabine. The disaster lineage lives on. Nice to have that acknowledged. I agree. That was a great and funny moment. 
Uh, Dion Evans, what are your thoughts on the way the series looks? The volume is less noticeable and the sets are great so far. Really agree. Uh, I'm not bumping up against the volume nearly as much as I did in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. I think the starship, the, the dogfight looked great. I think the volume works really well with spaceships and like the fact that they can put people in a cockpit and have hyperspace going by and the lighting really affects their face and stuff. That stuff really stands out to me. So I, I, I've been really impressed with the visuals so far. Uh, Neil, thank you for another one. Chronology seems to be a big hurdle for my casual fan friends. How do you think they'll deal with the placement of the season after Mando 2 or some story gymnastics to put it post Mando 3? Just based on interviews, I believe this is concurrent with Mando season 3. Um, I, it, I think it has to be after Book of Boba Fett, but maybe not. Maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll learn something where at the end of this series, Ahsoka's going to be like, I'm going to go visit this Luke Skywalker kid. Uh, that is possible. Uh, Susanna R., thank you for the super chat. I don't see a message along with it. Um, I can try to find it later, or if you're in the chat, let me know. Haunted Autumn, probably already mentioned, but I absolutely love that Sabine was every one of us in middle school trying to move her cup with the Force. May the Force be with you. Absolutely. The amount of times I just tried and wanted so badly to use the Force growing up, and it never it never worked, but I just didn't give it enough time or discipline, so that's on me. Anakin Crespin, Sabine is like 30 plus. Uh, I assume that is when I was trying to math out her age uh and i don't even remember when that was so that shows how far behind uh we get on these streams <laughs> but thank you jose armaiz uh thank you skywalker jedi order in ray films uh i don't know exactly what this means but i think the new jedi order is going to be ray's jedi order and whatever she makes of it but it'll probably be informed, but I'm sure she can talk to the Force ghosts of Jedi past and uh, kind of help inform her decisions. Tim Sim, thanks for another one. It's a shame that what George said of how anyone can aspire to be a Jedi is lost among the fan base for decades. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think part of that is George's own fault. <laughs> I think the Metachlorian discussion did muddy the waters quite a bit. I don't think he clearly explained what he meant by them and treating them as such importance to Anakin started to make people think like, oh, only people with high metachlorian counts can be Jedi. I don't think that's what George meant, but I do kind of think that's how it came off in the prequels. Mick Kaufmeyer, thanks for another one. Something from the Discord server, but I really enjoy the idea of Thrawn seeing a Pergil and being super scared of them like Captain Hook is of the Croc. Yeah, Thrawn's going to have one missing hand. He's going to have a hook, and there's going to be one big white Pergil, uh, his white whale, that he blames for it. <laughs> uh, I don't see Thrawn acting that way, though. I, I think that 
he now knows what the pergil are. He probably understands them better. Um, you don't see him get shaken very often is the thing, but, but maybe this will be his one big fear. Uh, the young Took, thank you for the super chat. Off topic, favorite hair and beard config in Survivor. Uh, I think I, I forget which one it's called, but I went with like the the closer shave on the sides and like the longer slicked back hair on top. Um, and I I used a mustache a lot. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> it was either the mustache or just like the stubble, the the kind of default. I really liked the default look. Also, Jacob Mayfield, uh, good point that Ray's Jedi Order would technically still be a Skywalker Jedi Order. You are absolutely correct. Uh, I still, like, just in my head, I jumped to Luke Skywalker. Uh, but that is a good point. Kim Sai one, thank you. Just throwing my Marok idea out there, highly unlikely. Marok is Petro from the Gathering episode of Clone Wars. Uh, I'd be interested in. Is that just a random thought you had, and you're you're planting your flag, or is there evidence behind it? <laughs> that would be very interesting. Ice, thanks for another. I got so emotional when the Pergil emerged from the clouds. Happened to me in season two as well. Damn you, Filoni, making me cry over flying whales. I loved the way, I thought they looked great. The shots of them coming out uh, from, from the clouds both times. It's I was looking at some of the stuff from season four when they attack Thrawn's fleet. It it looks very similar, but I like the the live action iteration of them. Hello, Asti. What happened to Inquisitors when the Inquisitors disbanded? Did the Empire try to kill the Inquisitors, or did Marok get a nice retirement package? Well, I really doubt that. I don't think uh, the Inquisitors were given any kind of thought other than you kill Jedi until you're dead. So I don't know what Marok's story is, um, how he went from being a Jedi hunter to just a mercenary. Like, as a, I really want to know more about Balin and Shin and Marok and Elspeth. And th that was some of my favorite stuff in the first two episodes. So I was a little disappointed we didn't get more insight into them in episode three. Uh, speaking of, S.E.D. says, I like the name Marok rather than Luke. <laughs> I think uh, a lot of people would agree with that. And Miranda here builds off of it. I love that Vader made a secret apprentice as a replacement clone of his son. Thanks, cloner dad, Galen Maruk. <laughs> I, I think that that's funny that that stuck around since Heir to the Empire, or well, I guess it was The Last Command, but the original Thrawn trilogy, the fact that people still make stupid clone jokes by adding extra vowels. Ice, anyone noticed that the Pergil were gray and colorless? That means they haven't gotten enough of the gas that they eat to access hyperspace. I hope we'll see them light up and make a jump in Ahsoka. Just makes me wonder why they're hanging around the clouds, hanging around in the clouds around Cetos. I hope we'll learn more about the Pergil now that we've seen them. I think they were probably just trying to match the colorization of like real world whales a little more instead of making them like bright purple. 
I, again, I can see Filoni being like, this is already a lot to throw at the casual Star Wars audience. So we'll tone down the color a little bit. Ultimate Bendesen, thank you. Do you think the Eye of Sion somehow relates to the Eye of the Nile? Keeping in mind the Eye of the Nile has access to special hyperspace routes. Not really, because they're still just using hyperdrives and not path engines. As far as we know, maybe they'll light up green <laughs> when they actually use them. But I, I think it's just a cool sounding name for a ship that also kind of sounds like it's from Tolkien, which Filoni has a lot of love for Tolkien, so it makes sense. Uh, Jared Ouellette, thank you. The Pergil appear, me about Dave. You did it, you crazy son of a bitch, you did it. Also, do you think the voice palps heard in the unknown regions could be the new galaxy? That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that, but that was like back in the Aftermath books that Palpatine felt this presence coming from the unknown regions. And I think that was kind of meant to be a potential answer for Snoke and his origins if they wanted to use that. Chuck Wendig has talked about how he planted seeds in those stories that weren't necessarily like, this is definitely Snoke. Or he wrote about like a, a blonde girl on Jakku that sounded like it could have been Phasma, and then she got a completely different origin story. So I think he probably wrote that as a maybe possible uh, origin story for Snoke. And now... They're just going to be like, maybe they could adapt it into, well, actually, he heard some voice from another galaxy. I think that's possible. And Ice, thank you for one more. It was nice to see Ahsoka's playful side a bit. She was showing off with that cup. <laughs> more like the Ahsoka we know in Rebels, but I think it's intentional. Yeah, I think that we are going to see Ahsoka's playful side continue to come back out as she continues to develop her relationship with Sabine and uh, they, they continue to be master and apprentice together. But that is going to bring us to the end of today's stream. Thank you all so much for watching. I apologize that it was a little more chaotic and a little faster, uh, but we are getting ready to head to Dragon Con tomorrow. Actually, technically it starts for us tonight. Uh, so Molly and I have been working hard to make sure that the channel is good to go. You're still going to get some Ahsoka content over the course of this weekend while we're gone. And we still wanted to do a live stream after show with all of you. So thank you all for hanging with us. Uh, I, I'm happy all of our European fans <laughs> had a more appropriate time uh, that they could watch. But yeah, everyone have a great rest of your day. Uh, if you're going to be at Dragon Con, like Johnny C. Books and Comics, I hope to see you there. Um, otherwise, I, and also if you're American and celebrate Labor Day, uh, enjoy your long weekend. But have a great rest of your day, and may the Force be with you.